0: Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Amy Hunter. Amy joined Children's Hospital in St. Louis, Missouri, as the manager of diversity and inclusion. Her responsibilities include understanding and addressing health disparities, training, strategy, and integration planning for the hospital. Amy has been seen on CNN, ABC, NBC, PBS, and NPR. She has published works and presented on issues of race and social justice throughout the United States and globally. And today, she's on Mishmash. I am totally honored. Thank you for being here, oh, Amy. Oh, it's a treat to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, so you—you you were one of our TEDx Gateway Arch speakers. I was, which was an awesome talk and you talked about lucky zip codes and that talk resonates with me today i so think about it in so many ways talk i mean just talk about what you what you shared with us with lucky zip codes so i'm uh pursuing my phd
1: and critical race theory and ferguson happened and it seemed like people were really confused about how this happened what happened what was happening what were the goals or hopes or dreams of the protests that happened? Um, and so I use my TED Talk to kind of explain that. And one of the things here in St. Louis we talk about a lot is what high school did you go to?
0: Yes, we do. And all the time. All the baggage one of that our questions. Questions. Yes, And that, that says something about you as soon as you say the name of your high school. Yeah, usually we're
1: trying to find out your socioeconomic background. Yep. And um, so I'd really like for us to get close to people without our high school question. Um, and I asked people to, one of the things I asked during the TED talk is ask people to imagine falling in love with each other, um, and how much easier the world would be and our solutions to problems around social justice or racial inequality, how we could find those things together if we could love each other.
0: Right. And, and that's what it's really all about, you know, and, and, but there's such barriers to it for some people. I find, I mean, I'm totally loving. I love everybody. (laughs) And I feel like, I feel like everybody's part of my family. Like, uh, so what people have said is, you know, miss, you know, no strangers. Well, I don't because I kind of feel like, well, we kind of all are related and know each other anyway. So just, you know, let's get through all that and just start talking. Um, But some people have a really difficult time with relating with other people. And, And to me, that says something more about them, of course, than anybody around them. But how do you, like with what you do at the hospital? Yeah, Tell me about what you help with people with there and, and the hospital and the organization as a whole. Yeah, so the, the hospital is healthcare. So um, we know that
1: um, in every institution, um, unconscious bias is part of the institution and part of what happens within that institution. Um, certainly within healthcare, the same is true. Um, and so the same kind of rules actually apply to education and healthcare, certainly at my institution, but all healthcare institutions. And so that... Fictive kinship that I mentioned during the TED Talk, as if we could treat each other as if we were kin, also applies to healthcare with our nurses, our social workers, our clergy, our doctors, um, that if are those people who are providing a service can see the new person, the patient, and their families
0: yes. as if they're part
1: of their family? Then what would we do? What recommendations would we have to the family?
0: Kind of look beyond their health issues and the disease, and and look Absolutely. at them as a person and what or they're look at experiencing. Them as a family
1: member, like more than just a person. Oh, like that's I, yes, your cousin, gotcha. that's your sister you're talking to. What would you say to your sister? What What would you recommend for next steps or a next procedure? How would you give them instructions on how to go home? Right, um, and it would be a little different. We'd say it in a a way that might be a a little more explaining to people, or um, sometimes maybe even a little more aggressive than we would ask a stranger um to do for some of our therapies. So, um, we really want our surgeons to cut on those kids as if they're their own kid, right? And take their time and do a great job. Which is the great part about working at children's hospitals. We have got great people.
0: Oh, good. Um, yeah. So that makes it easy kids, to go every I can day. Imagine. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely and does does what you do also go into insurance because mm. they, i hear I, so a friend of mine her father and she said she 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 so her father went through cancer and then she has a really good friend that went through cancer and she said her friend had really awesome insurance her father did not and she said she could totally tell the difference between the level of care her friend got and the care her father got Ju- and he was completely judged by The insurance he was on Mm -hmm. which makes my heart just break and it's so sad because again that's not looking at a person in a loving way that's just looking at like well you have that insurance i mean does that is that addressed with what you do actually um so we're big
1: push for medicaid expansion which may not happen under this administration but really the reason why we have such a strong push is because children are covered under medicaid and so when we think about medicaid expansion About 63% of the people who are covered under Medicaid are children. Wow. And so when we didn't expand, then that does limit our services, which is why we really support that initiative and that effort, which is why when we're looking at the ACA repeal um, without a replacement, we're concerned about the quality of care that kids will get. Right. And if um, we are forced to then um, use Medicaid, which also has an elderly component to it, that people will forget that it's also for children and infants. And so we want to make sure that we provide the best care. We're committed to that as an organization. In fact, our saying is we do what's right for kids. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we're we going to do what's right for kids regardless. We do have a foundation. We're always looking for people, if they want to support our foundation, really to cover some of those shortfalls so that we don't have to turn people away. We, we don't turn any patients away ever. Um, ability to pay is not a question with with children and infants. So oh, um, that's so good. And really, the generosity of the St. Louis since it's shown through um, because often people will donate to make sure kids who wouldn't get those services are able to access those services. So we've got cool stuff. We've got bands that go out to communities for kids that may never get to a pediatrician or a dentist. We've oh, got really? a dental van and an asthma van. Yeah, really cool
0: stuff. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. And so do they show up at like schools? They do. And, okay. All right. Yeah. I love that. Well, there's a. Um, So I live in Hillsboro, and I know there's a dental van that comes out to Hillsboro. Yes, that's our van. Is it? Can anybody use it? To me, that'd be a lot easier than happening. (laughs) Because I've I thought, well, could I go? I Uh, want the dental van. Children, okay, I'll bring my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) I can't pass for a child. No, dang it! All right, (laughs) no, but I do love
1: that. I think that's an awesome service. Well, the dental van is really important because how well you take care of your teeth also impacts your heart and your bloodstream and your blood. So when we think about preventative services for hypertension and and you know drug um, heart disease like dental care is really really important really for huge. those things yeah and
0: and getting a cleaning should not be a difficult thing for to take your child to go it get and it should be a right exactly yeah. i love, well no and it, yeah. that's exactly it so very and, and plus children's hospital it's decorated so yeah. awesome yeah. right yeah, like you for get excited kids, just going in because if you're going to be in the hospital yeah. let's be in some place that feels happy and not gray walls Oh, absolutely.
1: And during the holiday season, so we celebrate the three major holidays in December. It's the only time we decorate the hospital. We have a winter wonderland, there's a Kwanzaa Kanara, there's a menorah there and gifts for everyone because who really wants to be in the hospital during the holidays? So we make it as fun as fun can be. Like it is... I mean, working there brings me joy. Right. Um, And for the kids that are there, we have uh, our foundation. So um, one of the things that uh, our philanthropy does, they raise money so that the teenagers that are in the hospital during prom time can have a teenage prom.
0: Oh my gosh. Gosh, I think I saw a commercial about that. That is so lovely. Because you don't want to miss that.
1: No, no. And they do everything there. So they get somebody who to do their hair and they get a dress. They get to pick what dress they want to wear and they do their makeup. And it's, it's just so beautiful. And you know. What kid wants to miss out on those moments? Well, yeah. So, can you
0: imagine I missed my prom because I was in the hospital? Yeah, yeah. But not Children's awesome. Hospital. We
1: have one for you.
0: You guys really think outside the box. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Ooh, congratulations. We have a really good
1: president Joe Magruder. She's a woman. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's supportive. She's smart. She's wonderful. It's been. It's really been an honor to work there.
0: Very cool. Well, we're going to take a quick break, ma'am, and we will be right back with Amy Hunter. Hi, this is Ms. Hancock, and I'm the owner of 100th Monkey Media. 100th Monkey Media specializes in affordable and very effective social media solutions for the small to medium-sized business. Our goal is to create a social media presence that shows off who you are, what you do, and delivers brand loyalty and raving fans. Contact us today to learn what 100th Monkey Media can do for you. 636-789-1776. Or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636 789 1776 or 100thmm.com. And we are back with Amy Hunter. So I I love, okay, social justice is a big deal. As you know, I mean, at TEDx Gateway Arch, we're all about inclusivity and social justice. But where did this start with you? Was there an event or something that happened you went? No, this cannot be. I'm going to start talking about this, or I'm going to be yeah. involved with it. When I
1: was in eighth grade, I made a statement to my parents that black people weren't as smart as white people, and my mother oh. sent me to a Catholic school here in town to learn about racism, and I did.
0: Oh, my
1: and gosh. I understood that the educational system uh, was not fair to black people. Um, that the honors classes were all white in my community on purpose and it wasn't by accident. And it wasn't because white people were smarter than black people. Like Mm -hmm. I had an epiphany and a moment um, and got called the N-word a lot of times. So figured some stuff out as a young person. Um, So I probably became an activist at 14. I love it. And then worked really hard to get uh, more African-Americans in our honors and AP classes in my high school um, and have been encouraging people kind of the entire way. So... Um, I'm grateful for my parents' clarity about yes. who I am and what is real. And um, trying to describe to me and explain to me what systemic racism looks like within schools was probably a challenge to a 13-year-old. Um, but they gave me some great experience and wonderful support. So,
0: And don't you feel like, I mean, to me, that was the gift of Ferguson, was mm-hmm. that it made us all—because obviously, something was bubbling there, people. It didn't just happen for no apparent reason. I mean, right. there was a lot going on. Um, I just watched on Netflix, uh, 13th. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ava DuVernay is like amazing. Talk about an eye opener. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I have to say I had no idea. And I I think there's so many stories like that, like, because we do not know, because if you're not involved with it, right, you, you, you may not know. Um, I mean, I myself had a, had a situation with, um, the department of social services that i was like oh my gosh i mean i felt like it was they were very corrupt and and i'm thinking no one knows how corrupt this place is unless you have to deal with them yeah right and that's how i felt about 13th talking about the prison system i had no clue yeah, but there have been a lot of people here in St. Louis that have been working on the school-to-prison pipeline long before Ferguson. Dr. Norm White is is was one of our TEDx Gateway oh, Act speakers, sure. and he talks about that. But go ahead, tell me who else. Yeah,
1: so um, about eight years ago, there was a coalition. It was called ACAP, and it was with Legal Services, uh, the YWCA, the Ethics Project— I'm trying to remember, Reddick Hudson was there. So there were about 10 or 15 people who were involved and really working on strategies to get, at the time, St. Louis Public Schools to eliminate um, their suspension and expulsion of uh, K-5. through five. And at that time, so almost five years ago, Dr. Adams, who is superintendent of schools now, agreed to that, which was great, and now they've kind of put it in full force and in, in swing um, in St. Louis Public Schools. And I think two other uh, school districts have signed on. Um, but it does take into account, um, you know, Michael Brown's mom talked about school the day he was he was killed and laying in the street. And so um, there are majority white Americans did not understand what the talk was, right? Mm-hmm. So the first time um, we heard about the talk was three days after Mike Brown was killed. And I was in Tracy Blackman's church explaining the talk that I gave to my kids, which was part of my TED Talk. Um, and it hit the wire. And I remember just being really confused. Like, why is this news? Because everybody news. knows this. And, and then realize he does. We'll talk most about Most white that, Americans though. don't know this. No. Yeah. No. They didn't know. Like, no. we have to have these conversations with our children, not just with police, but with school, right? Um, that we have to prepare our young black and brown boys in particular um, to understand that they may face racial discrimination by the police, which is really odd because the police should be there to protect and serve you, not to harm or hurt you. But right. that has
0: not been the history of policing in America. So, but it's it is it is an eye opener to know that that talk is going on. and absolutely I never my my parents never had that talk with me. They didn't have to right. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, and and to be quite honest with you, you know when when i I was caught speeding one time, young gal caught speeding, and not even a question of giving me a ticket. He's just like, "Just watch yourself. Don't go so fast. You and know, more importantly, you weren't afraid for your life, no. Exactly. So even if I was I'm like, doing whatever. everything
1: legal, right, the fear that's, you know, real fear about not coming home or being harassed or, you yeah, know, killed yeah, yeah, for something yeah. like speeding or running a light or not make a rolling stop or doing nothing, just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So even prior to Ferguson, I don't know if you remember this, but it was in the news that the chief of police of Ledoux had said he would stop every black person after dark. And he wasn't fired or terminated. Oh,
0: I didn't realize that. He felt very
1: justified in doing that. So and yeah. And so safe has a coded language around safe where just because it's all white space doesn't mean it's safe for everyone. Exactly.
0: And just because it's all
1: black space doesn't mean that
0: it's unsafe. So what I mean, so so what what is the suggestion to these young black males when it comes to police? What what do you tell them?
1: Unfortunately, we don't tell them anything different, uh, not because of Ferguson. Um, what's been really helpful is that there have been lots of Know Your Rights campaigns and um, that they've... But again, you're still preparing kids for violence. And yeah, I, I just Aww. want people to understand how interlinked these are. So we prepare girls for violence, too. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same kind of violence. So we say that boy might be dressed up really nice, but he still might be not that nice. Right. Um, And if you need to call me, call me. And I'm not going to ask you a bunch of questions. So we prepare our daughters for the rape culture that exists in the United States. Now, if you're a man and you're raped and you're called a fag, that's a hate crime. Right. And the FBI investigates that rape. But if you're a woman and you're called the B-word, your local police come. And wouldn't it be great if the FBI investigated every female that was raped?
0: Interesting. It would
1: be a great culture if people understood that would be the... The penalty, But women are not valued in the same way men are valued. And so their rape is not the same. Rape.
0: And, you know, we just, I, so we had this conversation with our daughter recently mm-hmm. about tech, you know, if you are ever, because she's 15. So yep. she's definitely at the place Here's where the she could girls. be, yep. you know, at a party and going, whoa, not cool. So, and and it was a suggestion from an article. But the, the idea was when you're texting us, if you are in a situation you need to get out of, you want us to come get you, just... Text an X. That'll be the sign. Then we'll know. We will come get you. And you unfortunately have to have that talk. Well, we need to have the talk with boys, right? right. So what
1: if we prepared our boys to never rape a girl? Yes. That'd be awesome. Like we exactly. could prepare our police to never kill unarmed black and brown people.
0: Exactly. Well, yes. Yeah. And so having, but you're yeah. right, because we're looking at it from the side of you might yeah. be a victim. Let's have this talk as opposed to you might be the victimizer. Absolutely. So we need to have this talk that that's not what you do. And it is true. It's, it's, you know, it goes beyond just, um, well, and then you, then you've got the parents that maybe don't have, uh, everybody just be loving.
1: Could be. We? Well, we could, we get in some of the systems that keep people afraid. Right. So if we think about um, why kids don't like going to school, we could change the system of education so kids would enjoy it and see it as a great experience where they're learning new information. Because some kids do, right? but not all kids. And we could change the culture that says, you know what? Women are our most prized possession. Men understand that. We don't harm our most prized possession. We could have a, a community of people here in the United States to say, you know what, black and brown people are wonderful people and that there isn't a debate every time somebody says black lives matter. Like that should have never been a debate. Like, of course they do. Yes, they do. Absolutely. They do. Could have easily been the response instead of all lives matter.
0: Right. I got, I got what you're saying. And there was a reason for that being put out there. Black lives matter. It wasn't that, of course, all lives matter, but there's a reason for this. Well, white lives really matter. Apparently. <laughs> that's right. They matter a whole lot, right? They're but not being targeted. I love that you are op- that you and other people are opening yeah. up this conversation and bringing such awareness to it because that's where it starts, right? Yeah. Starts with awareness. Now we need to have action behind Absolutely. the awareness. And to notice that these, these things are happening globally. So
1: we can't talk about Black Lives Matter without talking about what's happening in Palestine as well. Exactly. Uh, ending oppression should be a global movement, not just a local one.
0: Right. And it amazes me that I mean, so I think of, of genocide. I st- I can't mm. wrap my brain around that that still happens. Right. I, it, it's I mean, like, the U.S. What? has set the pace pretty nicely,
1: right? So the Native American population, they just recently had the day without an immigrant. I was like, so the white people aren't going to go to work? Because the only natives to America would be the Native Americans. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. I see what you're saying. But just noticing like, oh, you think these are people of color? Almost like everything that
0: happens, we should just call you so we get that perspective. (laughs) Seriously, can I just call you and go? Okay, is this? I'm looking at it from this perspective, but I want you to tell me what the Amy Hunter perspective Uh, is because it really does open up your mind and make you think. Makes you think, and that's what we need. We need. We need to be kind of think about this. Think about what that really is, because I don't think that we we do all the time. You, we go, oh, this is a good thing, and well, but but wait, yeah, yeah, (laughs) can I? Can I flip this coin and just show you another side of it? Yeah. Which I think is important. And I also think it's growth for everybody.
1: Yeah. And I think people are really trying to figure out this. Um, Especially since I think there's huge intersections between sexism and racism and homophobia. um, We have to figure it out. Yeah. Islamophobia. They're all connected to each other.
0: And again, we're all kin. Yeah. So we we better figure out what we're doing to our own kin. Right. Absolutely. Nobody wants this. No, I don't. I don't so we will be right back with Amy Hunter. This is Mickey Hancock. Now's a good time to get a snack. My mom's going to do another commercial. If you're looking for an agency to help you with creating and publishing engaging content, launching campaigns, or reputation management, 100th Monkey Media is the social media agency for you. Make your business successful with its social media and get a real return from your investment. 100th Monkey Media is far more affordable than you may think, and we make it easy and impactful. Learn how 100th Monkey Media can help you on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and more. Contact us at 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. And we are back with Amy Hunter and we have questions. I have questions. Okay, so this question, this... I don't even know if you can answer this one, but I want to get an idea from you <laughs> because this struck me recently. So a friend of mine who is quite well off, mm-hmm. um, was I was talking about, you know, college for my daughter, and I got to start thinking about college, and I really haven't saved properly for college. Ah, you know, all of that, okay. Yeah. and uh, and he's and he says, Oh, well, when both of my boys were born, I just put $17,000 aside in a blah, blah, blah account, which magically grew. And now, you know, they'll be taken care of for college. And I thought, really? (laughs) Well... First of I never had $17,000 to set aside. <laughs> and uh, and so you who has lots of money is going to end up paying $17,000 for your kid's education. I'm going to be paying a hell of a lot more. This yeah, is what sure. I'm thinking. But then I also, and then at the same, around that same time, I came across um, an article that talked about how the poorer you are, the more you end up spending on things because, you know. I was, someone can go to a Sam's or one of those bulk places and buy 80 things of toilet paper for, you know, 10 cents a roll, right? Whereas a person without a car that lives in a community where they can only go to their local gas station and they're going to pick up four rolls of toilet paper for a heck of a lot more money than the 80-pack roll, you know. it It's almost like we've set up the system, of our monetary system, so it keeps people in a place. Like the American dream, what? No, it keeps you right there because you're constantly chasing your tail with that. Yeah, I I want to hear your thoughts on
1: this. So I I think that's definitely true. I don't think it's always true. So as we look at um, race and poverty and how differently they look, um, one of the things that we notice are opportunity hoarders, right? So um, we have lots of opportunity here in St. Louis. It's really not a bad place to live, um, but we also have racial bias. So um, noticing who gets to get hired when and how they get promoted or don't get promoted is really important, along with... Access to health care. So, you know, when the crack epidemic was in play here in St. Louis, um, the people who were on drugs got sent to jail. Now that we have heroin and meth, the people get sent to hospitals.
0: Ah. And so th-
1: those systems work in tandem to each other. You're right. So there is no Sam's. There is no mall. Um, there are very few banks. I think Regents Bank has banking in African-American space. And there's another one. I can't remember the name of it now, but there's one other bank. Um, but it's very hard to get to a bank if you're in all black space, let oh, alone a grocery gosh. store, right? And then
0: therefore have a checking account and all the things right. that you need to, and, you know, oh my gosh. Yeah, great
1: that we have we have wonderful clinics in those spaces for healthcare access, because they're not open 24 hours. So a lot of times people have to come to the emergency room if something happens after hours. Right. Or parents can't get off work before the clinics close. And so just noticing, you know, um, there's a great uh, research done for the sake of all, Jason Purnell at WashU, where the life expectancy between Clayton and North St. Louis was almost 18 years difference.
0: Oh my gosh. And
1: 10 year, I mean, 10 miles apart from each other. So it's impacting our region in a really negative way around not just the quality of life, but how long you get to live based upon your zip code. So paying attention to that stuff is really important.
0: So I didn't even think of asking this, but I'm going to ask. So what in, in our region, what do you consider the unlucky zip code? What's the zip code that you're like, wow, oh, going to be? I would have said all of North St.
1: Louis and part okay. of North County for sure. Um, but the, And they pay more taxes. Yeah, This does not make sense to me. Do. Yeah, because the businesses pay taxes in those towns. So it isn't like the harder you work, the more money you make is not even real, No, it right? isn't. Um, and so just kind of understanding like your friend who already had 17 grand, How they get to start off. But the same is true if your kid is going to one of our independent schools, what that looks like. If you've Mm -hmm. gone to one and then your legacy, and you, I mean, you understand how the system of education is already rigged towards rich kids versus poor kids. And education should be a right. Like it it shouldn't matter what zip code you're in to get access to education, because that would then propel you for college and jobs and things like that. Right. Yeah. I think one of the other parts that we miss here in St. Louis, we've got really great community colleges. Um, that very few people want to go to, but they're amazing. Like your first two years of college are really exactly the same anywhere you go. Right,
0: and, it, now do, and, and I think I read something recently that was like, it's easier now for all of that to transfer. It used to be yeah, a time is. where they were trying to like, no, you just have to be four years with us. But I think, I mean, some of these kids, I don't know that they're exactly ready to just... Hop into dorm life, you know? And so getting that two years, getting that under your belt first before you go hopping into the whole college experience, I, I think it's a great idea. You can sell the college experience your junior and senior year. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can get plenty in. You can.
1: <laughs> and even if it's only a year that you go to a community college, um, you know, valuing education, because the truth of the matter is without education past high school, it's very difficult. Yes. It's, it's not impossible, but it is very difficult. Um, to get in. And most of the places that I've worked, even um, administrative assistants have college degrees now. Some have master's degrees. So the market, you know, will call for us to do something different. So getting kids prepared will be important.
0: I have another question. Sure. Okay. So when we fill anything out about ourselves, it always asks for race. Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes it says, you know, that you, you don't want to fill that out. Do you think we should always say never mind we're not I'm not filling this out or do you think why don't we fill it out well i'm just wondering how do you feel about that i think we should
1: fill it out i think we should be honest about filling it out um i know i've heard white people say i don't fill it out because they're going to like do extra things for black people like where is that i want to but i'm always like, out, I'm always like why would yeah. i not
0: why would i decline to answer i mean that's the thing i was like so if i decline to answer i'm just wondering about that that's an interesting The other part choice. is, you know, um, kids of mixed
1: heritage often have a hard time filling it out. Okay. Our EEOC report still says five categories. So usually it has a default. Um, and you know, it yeah. really isn't what you call yourself. It's really how the world perceives you. So as a person of color, fill it out as a person of color. Um, the world won't see you as a mixture of your parents. They'll see you as a person of color. And, yeah. and we do have a definition in our country of what black is. Um, so we still have the one drop rule. It's very specific language. So one sixteenth of black blood in your in your system means that you are identified as black in this country. Okay. Our census data has changed over time about who's considered white. So northern Africans are still considered white. Um, Asians used to be considered white until World War II. And then they, right, the Japanese could not be considered white any longer. So they took their property away, put them in internment camps. It was pretty horrible. Interesting. Stole all their stuff. I did not know yep. that.
0: Oh, there's so and many lost, things I don't lost know. Lost their citizenship.
1: Yeah. So paying attention to how the census data is being used, kind of like the Dream Act, and how it was used to protect people, and now it's used being used to to target populations of people.
0: And I think we see that with a lot of things. With the with it looks like a good idea.
1: Or it was under one administration. It was,
0: but and so that goes back to the whole thing, which drives me insane. Is the whole loopholes finding loopholes? You know that people do. I'm like, no, no. We should. It should be the. We should follow by the intent of the of what was set forth. Sure. Not by the wording, and try to play with it, and try to figure out ways to make it work for you in a way that's unfair to other people. But it's the it's like laws, right? What was the intent behind the law? You don't get to now use the wording of that law to mess around and you know sure. do something crazy. Think of the intention first. And well, I wish we did that. Yeah,
1: some of that. I mean, of course, you know, at the time our constitution was written, black people weren't really people, so they weren't included. So the intention was colonization, right? Right. So if we're going to do something different, it would have to be decolonization, which looks different too. It looks like community building, community organizing. It means that families don't look all one race or one color anymore. And I don't mean that they have to be intermarried, but that we could claim each other, like you could be my sister. Right. Okay. Um, Let's be
0: sisters. Yes. That's
1: that's (laughs) decolonizing though, right?
0: Yeah. Gotcha. And so
1: I I think we struggle sometimes because we struggle with the truth that people in our country did and still do benefit from uh things with because of their race. Um I usually use hair shampoo in the hotels is one of those examples.
0: <gasps> that is so true. Because yeah, they give white people free shampoo. Like and I don't even need it. I need oil <laughs> for my hair. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. It would be great if they gave me oil when I went to a hotel. That is such <laughs> yeah. an interesting
0: thought. But that's so true. Yeah. That is so true. It's like okay it's a little thanks. Thing, but it's a big thing. This will not this is not going to help me. Right. You and know? Think I,
1: all the other ways systems are set up to help some people over other people.
0: Oh, do you have any more examples like that? That's really interesting. The hotel example. Oh, like new I will never hose, hose, look at
1: like flesh tone band aid. Oh yeah, flesh. Like,
0: I always like that flesh. one. That one. I'm like buying oh uh, the free
1: lipstick you get when you get like the. Thing in the mall that's kind of nice but I can't usually wear that shade
0: yes gotcha although there have
1: been cosmetic the cosmetic industries actually figured this out so they have right. like an ethnic drawer now where they swap out your lipstick and your blush so you could wear it I mean so I'm saying that to say we can figure these things out right? There's but we can't be colorblind doing it right exactly Yeah,
0: I love it thanks for bringing attention be color to all conscious. of this I okay <laughs> no, but it's true. I will. I will tell you. I never thought of that hotel shampoo yeah. thing, and that is so true. It never dawned on me. Well, I n- I never use it. Like I but said, I think we got to get closer to each other, just across racial lines, because then we'll know
1: exactly more about
0: each other, and and just having that and understanding those other people. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Well, people of color understand a lot about white people, so it'll have to be the one in reverse. Okay. All right. (laughs) White people. That's right. The white people are going to have
1: to learn more.
0: Well, no, but I agree because it's not not as in your face. You know what I mean? It's like you have to take the time to go learn it. And I I think that that is very important Mm -hmm. for our country because we are the melting pot. So let's like, be happy with our melting pot instead of so bizarre. A salad bowl? We should go to salad bowl. Otherwise, we all
1: taste the same. Nobody's trying to be the same. I'm with you. Salad bowl.
0: I like that. I love it. Thank you, Amy. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I have loved having you here. Thank (laughs) you, ma'am. And you all have been listening to Mishmash. So please come to iTunes and subscribe. And we always have interesting people on. Thank you. Have an awesome day.